we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the podcast where our anacondas don't want none unless they got buns, hon. Yes! <laughs> I am so glad that they don't want none. <laughs> Starting fresh with the Sir Mix-A-Lot reference. Mm, indeed, indeed. Do you like Sir Mix-A-Lot? Do you like old school rap? Do you like that song, Baby Got Back? Okay, uh, Baby Got Back is is a timeless, is <laughs> a timeless, timeless classic. <laughs> um, it is great. I love it. Um, I do love the song Anaconda as well, mm-hmm. that obviously samples it. The Nicki very, Minaj song. Yeah, yeah, the Nicki Minaj song. Um, I am not as familiar with the rest of Sir Mix-a-Lot's oeuvre. He's and, kind of like a one-hit wonder, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think the album around that time might have had a, a decent amount of play, um, like when the song like kind of first hit the airwaves. But uh, yeah, I, I can't really think of any other particularly notable songs. I... I, I am not as up on my, like, old-school hip-hop mm-hmm. as much. Pretty much, I think, m- most of my... Most of my... I, I have awful hip-hop knowledge anyway, mm-hmm. honestly, but, like, the most of what I had listened to basically kind of ranges from, like, circa, like, Wu-Tang Clan era through hey. to, like... Don't mess with the woo, man. Oh, like. fuck, fuck no, fuck no. Um, they, they, they ain't nothing to fuck with. Um, yeah. uh, through through to, like, basically Kendrick Lamar's stuff. Mm. So, like, you know, I, I don't have, yeah, my knowledge is definitely not deep at all. Um, but uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I do enjoy. Yeah. For sure. I, I wonder, like, you know, there's, like, this uh, idea, this is a total tangent here, but this is the idea, which is uh, true, that, you know, there's, there's, a history of misogyny and sexism related to hip hop. Would you say that Baby Got Back does it celebrate femaleness or is it misogyny? <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's a good question, and uh, I think I think it's worthy of conversation. I mean, I will say that like my mom is a feminist, mm-hmm. and even she like admits that she kind of <laughs> likes the song and and does enjoy it. Um, I mean, we're so, feminists too. Let's just, I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming that you're a feminist as well. Oh yeah, obviously. Yes, right. of course. I don't want to um, be but like just, a, just as far as like bringing, bringing a, a, a female a feminist, perspective, a, a feminist woman's right, perspective right. to it. Um, so that said, uh, you know, I think, I think there's, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of male gaze there. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's, there's definitely objectification in there. I think, uh, yeah. It's, body positivity though. Yeah, I think definitely, yeah, definitely body, I think body positivity to an extent as far as like being more full figured. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in a way it's a little, it, it, it is a little more deri- deri- derisive, I guess you could say, yeah. towards skinnier people. Yeah, it um, makes fun of them pretty exactly, much. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which, which again is kind of like, you know, this, this sort of overcorrection. Yeah, that's a little problematic. Um, but so, uh, but that said, um, I, I, you know, I, I do think it is all in good fun and, you know, like there's, there, there is, there, I think there's plenty of problematic stuff to be found across tons of, right, you know, musical genres. So certainly something that hip hop is not 
is not particularly guilty of. Um, it just obviously, you know, gets the most attention for being a predominantly black music form. Now, so, after yeah. having that conversation, I'm, I'm actually a little, well, I'm not disappointed, but I'm a little disappointed that we're not watching a movie that's A, about hip hop or B, about booties. Yeah. <laughs> we're instead watching Anaconda. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, Anaconda is a 1997 American adventure horror film directed by Luis Losa and starring Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, Eric Stoltz, Jonathan Hyde, and Owen Wilson. Okay. It focuses on a documentary film crew in the Amazon rainforest that is captured by a snake hunter who is hunting down a giant legendary green anaconda. Uh, my name is Orlando, and of course, uh, you've, you've been hearing the voice of my uh, guest roommate and co-host, Ned. Have you ever seen this movie before, Ned? Uh, big surprise. No, I have not. It's uh, uh, one of the classics of 90s camp, I would say. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's definitely not a good movie. Great. But, but it's, it has survived... Uh, in well esteem because of that, it seems it's like one of those movies that's like a lot of fun to watch because it's not a good movie. Okay, good. I guess you good. could use the the phrase "so bad it's good" in nice, the description nice. of it. I'm into that. Something that was that I want to get your your thoughts on when we watch this, uh, and obviously, like you know, we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon, which. Uh, was a little kitschy, but, you know, not so much. It was mostly just, like, the time period that it came from that lended it its kitsch, not necessarily the tone of it. Whereas this film was definitely made in a time where I think, like, the, if they wanted to, they could have made, like, a straight, you know, thriller. Like, I mean, the 90s, we have Jurassic Park. Like, there are straight creature fil- feature thrillers, you know? Yeah. But the, the, what I what struck me from watching it last night for research is that a lot of the decisions seem to have been made on purpose to to bring out these camp tone okay. from the movie, you know? Okay. So I want to get your thought on that to see, like, is this a bad movie because it was a just, like, a bad production? Or is this yeah. on purpose? Yeah, well, I, so, so like, when, when you talk about, like, kind of, like, that they're, like, heightening the kitsch, do you think that it was because they were specifically trying to mine, like, the more classic fe- creature feature stuff? Um, that's a good question. Now, I honestly don't think that there's a lot of homage is happening or okay i mean obviously i think like any creature feature is going to have influences like you're going to have like you're going to draw comparisons to jaws or creature from the black lagoon or jurassic park which i just mentioned yeah yeah like i'm I'm definitely remembering from creature of the black lagoon that it was just like oh yeah this clearly inspired like almost every other creature horror film that i've seen right exactly obviously the influences are so they're gonna be there but yeah. whereas, like, that's what they were purposefully going for, I don't see that intent. All I see is is a, we're going to take A-list actors and make an A-list movie that feels like a direct-to-video movie. Okay. That's what it feels like to yeah. me. okay. But whereas, like, the direct-to-video movies feel like they had no other choice but to be that bad and low-budget... <laughs> Like, it feels like this movie is consciously making the choice to be this campy. <laughs> okay, okay. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Definitely. Uh, and also, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we have uh, 90s Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube. It's a pretty 90s cast here. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. These are, like, actors that <laughs> they went on to do greater things in this movie, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, I'm excited to watch it. Are you excited to watch Anaconda? Absolutely. Now this movie is available to stream for free if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. If you do not have an Amazon subscription, you can rent it. Um, and, I mean, it's if it's not on Amazon by the time that this episode airs, it's usually for free somewhere. I've seen it before, like on Netflix, HBO, Amazon. It seems to like jump around a lot. Yeah. So you probably won't have any problem finding it for free somewhere. But if you absolutely must rent it, you can do that as well. Nice. So, having said that, we're going to break now and watch the movie. We'll be back in a second. We'll play some trivia and we'll have a deep discussion of Anaconda. Yeah. We'll see y'all on the other side. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. just watched Anaconda. Now, this movie, um, of course, received very negative reviews when it yeah. first came out. Yeah. It's not a great movie, although some critics did praise the tongue-in-cheek humor of it. Um, and it has since become a cult classic, like I said, in the vein of the So Bad It's Good category. In fact, the film is listed among the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made. Um, in a book uh, by Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson. Ned, you've just seen Anaconda for the first time. What are your first reactions? Yeah, it's a, it's a messy one. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what... For, for one thing, it's... <laughs> um, just like kind of on a structural level, mm -hmm. it, it really... Again, we're, we're we're not. I'm not, I'm not going to suggest that this is like blood rain levels of right. bad, but Nothing like is. there there is definitely a, a kind of a similar sensation of just like a lot kind of happening and mm -hmm. a lot of weird developments that are kind of thrown at you. Right. And, and and like in the beginning, I was like kind of okay with that, but like it. It, it, it runs into a bit of a like a pacing issue the more stuff it's constantly yeah. throwing at you and it's a um, short movie it's only like 10 minutes longer than creature of the black lagoon yeah that's the thing is it felt pretty long yeah. actually and it's not to say that i was necessarily bored by it but like it it really kind of does yeah it, it throws so many different kind of developments and 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 especially just because like so many of these developments really do hinge on just like absurdly puzzling character right. choices right. um like uh, like the biggest mystery to me is like the the heel turn that Gary goes through uh, yeah. the character played by uh, Owen, Owen Wilson, Wilson. Mm -hmm. um just like how how did that happen like how like like considering that we have for, for first of all i i know we're gonna have to talk a lot about john voight's performance oh, yeah. in this movie um but considering we have a whole section reserved just for him. i i exactly <laughs> i oh oh i am sure we do um and uh and and but but the fact that basically his character's sole motivation 
uh, seems to be act as shady as possible mm-hmm. from the moment he's introduced. Mm-hmm. It's absurd how much trust is invested in him, and then eventually how one of the members of cr- of the crew, specifically the sound engineer. <laughs> gets very on board with helping this guy essentially hold the rest of the crew hostage yeah. on this harebrained scheme to bag a live uh, surreally com- uh, competent anaconda right. um that that uh, uh reminded me a lot of uh, the ghost in the darkness mm. right that's the yeah. title of the movie the yeah. Line movie. Uh, yeah yeah I, I the the anaconda's sort of ever present ability to basically show up anywhere snatch people out of the middle of the air to with seem to be thinking too des- dexterity yeah exactly right. like tactical <laughs> just like a fucking tactical anaconda <laughs> that just like like fucking Navy SEAL levels yeah. just, like, fucking people's shit up um, really did remind me of just, like, the our, our, our favorite pair of ninja lions um, yeah. from that movie. So uh, There's no depth to the characters in this movie at all, no. I, I feel. I feel like, even though... See, we were talking about last time when we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon about how we wanted more specificity with, like, the jobs of everyone. Yeah. And, but, but, but like, we were talking about, there was, there, were, there was interesting depth to the characters themselves. There just wasn't any specificity. This movie seems to have the opposite problem. Like, we have a, spec, a specific job for everyone, yeah. but there's absolutely no depth to any of the characters. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely, like, a lack of depth and also just, like, a lack of thematic cohesion, too. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I, I felt like we were, it, the movie kind of started on the right track, but like, we're definitely seeing, because like, it, it seems like there, there's a lot of like, you know, dropping of the idea that, um, you know, they're, they're intruding into, you right. know, into the, you know, nature and kind of this question of what it's going to take to survive yeah. and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, eventually it just kind of stumbles into one contrived bad decision after another. Mm-hmm. Um, things just get so hectic and go so crazy that you don't even really get a chance to, that, that like they don't leave any room for again, like, you know, the, the character's own particular, like, highlights. I, I think, like, in a way, like, the film is at its strongest at the beginning when all of the characters are present because mm-hmm. there is, like, a lot of fun banter going on between everybody. Right. And you are getting, like, a more specific sense of everybody's specific relationship to each other. It kind of goes but, downhill when but, John Voight comes in, actually. But, yeah, basically once John Voight comes in, like, just... It becomes the John Voight show. It, yeah, it becomes the John Voight show and, and like, just just, yeah, like, everybody's, like... You know, like, like he, and and certainly like his character's intrusion, like you know the way his the role his character is supposed to play in relation to everybody else. Obviously, yes, he shifts up the dynamic right. in a big way and puts everybody on like a new survival yeah. thing. So obviously, yeah, that's a huge beat change, and and that's something that's going to affect what everybody's motivation is. But it just like. But we still lack that specificity. We still lack that sense of, like, how is everybody dealing with this horror situation? Mm -hmm. And we don't really ever get, like, we don't ever really get much depth into that. It basically just becomes John Voight, you know, doing his weird fucking sneer (laughs) and, and, and everybody else just, like, 
just going crazy. An- like, another movie that I was reminded of when I was watching this uh, that we've seen on this show is The Descent, which is another adventure horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about survival. Uh, and I felt like um, the, like the differences between the two movies and how like this movie, like it's all just man versus nature kind of thing. Like that's where you're drawing like the, the dramatic tension from it. Whereas in something like the, the descent, it's more successful because it really is about the dynamic within the characters themselves. Yeah. And the survival is almost like just the vehicle with which they're telling this human drama story. Yeah. But in a movie like this, there's nothing like that to anchor it. Yeah. And well, and also it's just like again, it's like they they're clearly kind of like you said, they're 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 going for like a, you know, a man versus nature um story. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the themes that they're trying to set up. And also, you know, I I think you know, there's, and also I think like th- there is an improvement on Black Lagoon, which I think Black Lagoon is actually a very apt comparison piece to mm-hmm. this one because of how similar they are in terms of just like an expedition right. into uncharted territory and battling a creature and trying to survive mm-hmm. and how that goes wrong. Right. Um, so I think the step up that this has over Black Lagoon is that this is a documentary crew. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't make it, it, it makes a little more sense that they are an unnatural intrusion on nature right. than it did when it was the Black Lagoon, where it is a complete team of scientists that mm-hmm. seem to be fucking nature's shit up. Um, I think, though, that it it fails to follow through like again like that that theming just disappears the more absurdly precise the snake is and how it massacres everybody and then for the film to end with them stumbling upon the tribe that they were looking for and uh and and the fact that it's basically like oh John Voight's character was right yeah. all along, uh-huh. and hey, we still get to get our footage. Yay! <laughs> Happy ending. And, and it's like how, like how, how is that? How is that at all like an actual apt payoff for you know yeah, just just what what a what a clearly blatant intrusion on this ecosystem Learning they no are lessons. and 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 yeah and just like yeah the fact that like there's there's no there's no broader sense of like the horror and the ordeal that they went through being you know some kind of a, a retribution for the intrusion that they clearly are because again they're fucking hitting golf balls out into yeah. the water and blasting music like mm-hmm. in the middle of this jungle so like they're clearly being this massive disruption to this ecosystem do you so. agree with the assessment that it is a so bad it's good movie like do you at least did you at least find it fun and enjoyable on that level uh, I had fun. I had fun in uh, watching it. It just, like, I think that it eventually got to a point where it was sort of dragging, especially when it just kind of became clear, like, that John Voight had this incredibly unjustified clinching of the situation right. in a way. Like, yeah. he just, like, there's no reason why he was able to maintain control of the ship for as long as he did. There really isn't, no. Um, so, it, it, yeah. And his his method for taking control, I thought, was really clunky, too. In fact, we might talk about this a little bit later, I guess, in our final thoughts, but if I were, like, I always try to look at these bad movies and think of, like, how, how I would fix them if I were given the chance. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think, like, you know, I would have liked to have an encounter with the snake before you even meet John Voight. 
Let yeah. them deal with like something, you know, simple, like scary. Nobody dies. Um, but let them encounter it so that when they then find someone who is like an expert in the jungle or in the Amazon, it gives them more of a reason to latch onto them. Like they, they didn't just like rescue this total stranger, but now they rescued a total stranger who is an expert. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's definitely a good point. Again, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it, it's so strange that like they, yeah, they happen upon this person and obviously it makes sense that they would rescue him mm-hmm. uh, in that position and kind of be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're we've got our course, we're going to do it. But the fact that like they immediately latch on to the advice that he gives yeah. when like, you know, they, they have no reason to trust. Them. Yeah. And, and, and like, it's clear every single decision that he makes impacts the crew's journey negatively and it's always self-serving yeah and, and, like come on guys and, you can't and, see so, that yeah so it, it just yeah it, it really so so i think that that pulls me out of it um and and again like i i think the funnest moments are the moments when the snake just like has the you know the dexterity of like a fucking of a fucking ninja <laughs> the snake basically. is so ridiculous um, yeah, so there's it like just, no basis in reality for that snake at all. Yeah, at it, all. it really is not. Um, and also the CGI is just kind of is is laughably. It's surprisingly bad for a 97 movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it but, really is. But I think but I'm wondering, is that one of those choices that was made on purpose to highlight the cap? Because that's again, I feel like like the movie is purposefully tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a natural tongue in cheek. I, I I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, I just think like, yeah, it just it, it gets it, it gets so messy and muddled yeah. that like even even if you're gonna do something tongue in cheek, like you just you need a you need a little more cohesion. Better. You need a little more specificity. Um, uh, speaking of like you know dating of the '90s, I I definitely am very happy with that. I think it's uh, Jonathan Hyde, uh, the, yeah. the British guy, right? Um, Westridge. Uh, it was so good to see him. Um, he, I feel like his career is a very like late nineties career because I feel like I haven't seen that much of him kind of yeah outside of like, you know, maybe the you know, late nineties, early two thousands films like uh, you know, Jumanji and uh I mean uh, he's been what, in a few things. Um yeah, but the, but definitely that was like I think like his peak era because he was yeah. on Titanic, um, Richie Rich. Yeah, exactly. Jumanji. So um so yeah, I mean he's he's yeah, I he's always been uh, a treat in in everything that I've seen him in. So mm-hmm. I was glad to see him in this movie. He plays such a fucking asshole hitting golf balls into the water, but um but he wasn't the biggest asshole in the movie. No, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> um, All right, we'll talk about the movie more in a little bit. Let's play some Anaconda trivia. Mhm. All right. Are you excited? You, you you feel good about this? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, <laughs> I I think there's a question that I already know I'm probably not gonna get. Oh, and shit. I and I knew and I and I and I and I and I and I was listening for the answer. I knew I and 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 I even when I was conscious of it, I should have had a notepad next to me to write it down. Um. So we're just gonna see. Let's see. We're gonna see. All right, so as always, this quiz is five questions and a bonus. The questions go in order from least difficult to most difficult, and the grand prize is bragging rights. Oh, boy. Here we go. 
Um, so I just got to do this again because last time we opened with this question, a creature of the Black Lagoon. So I'm going to open with it again. What is the name of the riverboat that the crew is on? The Mariana. <gasps> no, it's not. What? It's the Michaela one. The Michaela. God <laughs> the damn Michaela. it! Uh, I knew it was an M. You name. were close, but you were close last time too. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it! I thought I thought because I asked the question last time, I thought maybe he's gonna play pay attention to that this time. Ah, oh, son of a son of a gun! <laughs> no. Okay, starting off great. You know what? I'm, I'm committing I'm committing to the dumpster fire that this quiz is gonna be, um, much like the film itself. Oh, um, I mean, <laughs> well, you right. gotta live up to it. I'm right? gonna be brave. I'm gonna be brave in this moment of adversity. Okay, here comes question number oh, two. Oh God, help me! How many drums of gasoline survived the dynamite explosion? One. One drum. Oh my god. That yeah, was what easy a, one. yeah, yeah. Speaking of dumpster fires, that whole plan to <laughs> dynamite that wall just <laughs> weird also. Like there's uh there's a weird wall and, and then they're like, okay, let's dynamite it and yeah. And also it was full of snakes? Like Yeah. Like and rain snakes all over them. Yeah, that just yeah, that yeah, it's it's a movie where like so much is going on that like you kind of like it's it's only when you kind of stop and and think back on it and you're just like what really like that's that's what they're going with. Um, also, another puzzling detail was just I I was confused with how a wasp got into Eric Stoltz. It's implied movie. that it was planted in the uh, the scuba uh, gear in the mouthpiece. Yeah, I guess it was planted in there on purpose. Yeah, but I, that I is caught, but that is really like. Come on, like that's your plan, a wasp? And and like how? Cause like I don't think that's I don't think that's what I'm not sure a breathing apparatus like that would have room. To... I don't know if you can even question logic like that in this movie. Exactly, though. yeah. So there's just there's a lot of yeah. I I don't want to necessarily say. F Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the opposite of fridge logic. It's right. like it's it's not like you you're at your fridge and you're like, oh yeah, that's crazy. That made sense. Um, it's like you're at your fridge and you're like, what the fuck was that movie? Right. Like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, um, that made me think of the the silence of the, of the lambs because of Buffalo Bill. Like he puts the the gypsy moth inside the the mouths of his victims. Oh yeah. Except that this had like no depth like that. <laughs> yeah no no um the crazy thing about you so you mentioned the snakes now the uh, uh part of the movie or a lot of it is it was actually filmed in brazil that's um, cool and the amazonian film shoot was occasionally disrupted by the fact that several cast members were deathly afraid of snakes oh boy if you're, if you're deathly afraid of snakes maybe making a snake movie is not the best thing for you yeah yeah <laughs> well and, and 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 when they when snakes were raining upon them um i did uh yeah it, it definitely brought back you know memories of indiana jones right. obviously um but Boy, it have to be and, and and yeah and and b believe me i would not be comfortable under that circumstance either so oh yeah um, you're you're kind of queasy around snakes if, if they were that many and that small and also if you know one of them wrapped around my hand and was really right. gnawing on my finger like that and i only had john voight in that awful <laughs> accent in arm's reach to help me out then uh yeah i don't think i'd be feeling too good about my situation all right here comes question number three yeah we talked a little bit about the tribe but what is the name of the tribe that the documentary crew is looking for oh boy um and i'm, and I'm not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna do what i did last time i'm still not sure i'm gonna get this one right this was the one that i was confident is it the apache would be no it's no not. no <laughs> oh 
At least I think by this point I've forgotten uh, I've forgotten the name of the tribe that I named from, you know, the... No, you call them the Umbopo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, 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 we're not, not going to pull an I'm Umbopo. Not, yeah, I'm not going to pull another Umbopo. Um, uh, I, I, I think it was, and again, I'm just doing a vague recollection of how I think it sounded phonetically, the Shushi tribe? Shushi is not the correct answer. Shushi sounds kind of Japanese. You know? I mean, I yeah, no, it was. It was the Shirishama. The Shirishama. The Shirishamas. God that was the it. tribe that they were looking for. And they found eventually. Yeah. So, so you know, two sh sh. You're right. There's a sh sh. There is so, a sh sh. Yes. You know, so again, vague <laughs> phonetic recollection is not going to be enough to, uh, to, to get you through to the finish line. One out of three. This is not going well. So, I mean. I, I mean. You're on track for no bragging rights here. Much. Let's see. You still have two questions and a bonus to get through. So, oh, here comes question number four. And it only gets harder. At the very beginning of the movie, Danny, played by Ice Cube, compares Dr. Kale to which legendary undersea documentarian? Oh, um, uh, oh, 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 shit. Uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, shit. French guy. He's fr yeah, exactly. I know he's French. Oh, no, no. I know, I know the name wasn't specifically used in the Life Aquatic, but I'm trying to, like, because right, I know yeah. Life Aquatic kind of, you know, is parodying him. Mm -hmm. Um... I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't even do, I can't even do a, I can't even do an uneducated guess. It right. would just, I'm, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it up. Okay, what, what it is, was Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. Jacques oh, Cousteau. That hurts. Uh, okay. Now, Jacques Cousteau, uh, he spent his whole life, or a majority of his life, studying, you know, marine worlds, underwater life, and all that. And one of the things that he did actually was he was one of the inventors of the aqua lung. Um, oh. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I found that kind of like ironic, and actually a, a pretty clever bit of writing in the movie. One of the few bits of writing in the movie, because yeah. that's kind of it turns out to be foreshadowing in a way, because Ice Cube calls him Jacques Cousteau, and then he ends up. Uh, Being getting the stung one. when he's wearing the aqualung underwater. Yeah, that is interesting. And, and yeah, again, like I said, I think the movie was at the strongest in the beginning. I think they they definitely had some like strong banter going mm -hmm. on between all the characters. And 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 there was like a strong I wish there was more of that actually. Yeah, that's a thing. Like there there was definitely like a strong sense of like who everybody is very specifically to each other. Um like I would have liked them to actually spend more time filming, I think. Like yeah. They only really did like one or two things. And yeah. Then... Well, and, and essentially because I think it's like, you know, there's there was like there was natural tension within yeah. like the different group dynamics there and were. stuff like yeah. that. And so like, yeah, if you if you had a little more time to like let them like, you know, you know, let let the pressure of of, you know, being on the boat get to people. Right. Let those tensions, you know break people up into different factions a little bit more mm -hmm. and then and then introduce Mr. Definitely from Paraguay. Right. Um <laughs> like, you know, then 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 he actually met then he actually, you know, really be, can become like an agent of disruption. I agree. That, like, I agree. I think that, like, John Voigt shows up way too early in the movie. Yeah, he really does. There is way too much of him. And 
and, and actually, now I'm, I'm going to be curious. I, I don't know if any of uh, your, your uh, research will bear this out, but I'm wondering if there's like a kind of a similar, th- uh, a, a similar, um, <laughs> a, a similar sort of Michael Douglas production intervention thing uh, that resulted in John Voight's role being was as not. elevated. As, but that would have made sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think, like, yeah, in addition to Creature from the Black Lagoon, this one, I think, is also very much reminding me of uh, of The Ghost in the Darkness, mm-hmm. even though that movie, I think, is is much more restrained stylistically. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, for some reason, this this movie is 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 making me think of that one a lot, too. <laughs> All right, here comes question number five. You have yep. one right so far. <sighs> yeah. So you need to get this and the bonus to have any semblance of bragging yeah, rights. Yeah, for, for, for any kind of a three out of five. Like, okay. What kind of fish swims up your urethra and lodges itself there? Ooh, ooh, it's like, uh, again, vague phonetic recollection. Uh, it's a... a, a, Kim, a, a I, I know it begins with something that sounds like a K-I, so I'm gonna say a uh, a kimi a kimichi fish. It's a kandiru fish. A kandiru fish. Fuck. But you did have the right ka sound at the beginning. Fucking hell. So the, now the film does make mention of this kandiru, which is a tiny catfish, also known as a vampire fish which has been attributed to the particular behavior of swimming into hum- the human body through the urethra or vagina, and then it lodges itself with its spines. But this is actually not as common an occurrence as the film implies it to be. Yeah. There's only been one such incident to have been known since, you know, history has been taken about this. Uh, and it happened to a man where a small catfish traveled into his urethra while he was urinating into a river. Uh, the account um, was corroborated by Jeremy Wade in River Monsters. Um, but other than that, it's mostly just a legend, an urban legend. Uh, I, I remember, I think, being in, like, middle school and, and, and having, I think, like, a science class where a teacher mentioned that such a fish existed mm-hmm. that does that. And, and, and boy... Yeah, just just the thought of that like <laughs> sticks with you, you know? Like that's just sounds like the worst thing ever. That's one of the things that you tell kids to be like, "Hey, don't pee in the river." Exactly. Or don't pee in the yeah, pool. it was definitely a cautionary tale type mm-hmm. thing. Um and uh yep, stuck with me. Never never ever relieved myself in in a in a piece of nature like But that, you know, so. now you found out that it's not real. So relieve away, people, uh, America. Relieve I'll, away. I'll try to exercise straight. <laughs> All right, so you got only one ride from the quiz, but I, I cannot, I cannot brag about this movie. But here's some good news for you: there are two bonus questions. Oh boy! Well, you mm. got two chances to somewhat redeem yourself. You know now. what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach these bonus questions with, uh, <laughs> with humility, with humility, with humbleness, and uh, we'll just. We'll see where I go. Both of these bonus questions are about Eric Stoltz, who played Dr. Kale in the movie. Okay, okay. Uh, Eric Stoltz, I feel like, has a, has, has had an interesting career. Yeah, um, I'm not as familiar with it as I should be, so yeah. um, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. I feel like he, you know, spent the majority of his, like, earlier career 
attempting to be a Hollywood leading man and it never just never quite happened. And even no. in this movie, it's a good example of that because he's set up to be like the main character and then he's out for like most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 like he's really good too. Right. Like um uh, I uh I, I he's uh, he he has a very major role in the uh, Battlestar Galactica spinoff series yeah, Caprica, he is in Caprica, and and he's and he's fantastic in it. Like um, uh, watching that series like made me a huge huge fan of his mm-hmm. work. Um, so yeah, uh, he, he and he has quite a few uh, great performances uh, in his in throughout his career. I think yeah, definitely. Um, so here comes question bonus question number one. All right, Eric Stoltz was famously recast after filming the majority of scenes from which class. 1985 sci-fi movie. He was he was in the movie. They they filmed the majority of his scenes. Then they decided that he was not right for it, and they recast him with Whoa. another actor who ended up being way more famous. At, and the movie was a huge success. 85. Yeah, sci-fi adventure movie. Uh, I, I'm 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 gonna ask for a hint. You you decide whether you decide whether you think I can get the hint. Um, was this sci-fi adventure film a one-off, or did it have any sequels or franchises? Yeah, it was a franchise. It was a franchise, a successful franchise. Okay, and and this was the first installment. First installment. Okay, eighty-five. Wait, this wasn't. Okay, this this is a total shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. This wasn't Terminator, was it? It was not Terminator. Okay, cool. it was not. It was Back to the Future. Really? Yeah, he was the original. Whoa. He was the original actor cast as Marty McFly. They originally wanted Michael J. Fox, but his schedule didn't work out. He was in Family Ties at the time, so they cast Eric Stoltz and filmed the majority of the of his scenes. And then Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale decided they just wasn't right for the role. They reached out to Michael J. Fox again, and Michael J. Fox struck a deal with Family Ties to be able to film both Family Ties and Back to the Future, wow. and they recast Eric Stoltz and got uh, Michael J. Fox. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, it, as part of, like, you can actually look it up, I think, like, on YouTube and also, like, on the bonus features, if you have, like, the Blu-rays and stuff, you can look up, like, deleted scenes of Eric Stoltz as wow. Marty McFly. That makes sense, too. That actually makes a ton of sense because, like, he definitely... I, I can imagine like a younger Eric Stoltz like having a very similar vibe to, uh, to right. Michael J. Fox, so that actually makes like a ton of sense. Um, like the the artist in me like cannot imagine how gutted one would be to like kind yeah. of like to have gotten a role and to kind of like know that you might to maybe have some idea that you maybe weren't the first choice for the role, and then to kind of immediately and then to after having put in so much work be like, yeah, no, we gotta we gotta go. Back. Yeah, uh, like the good thing is that you know you you're still getting paid. That's at least the good thing is that you're that is you're, good. you're you're getting paid for your work. But then the bad thing is like you know it's Back to the Future. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, well, actually, you know what? In a way, what that kind of reminds me of it. It's not exactly the same. It's not the same situation, but it, it kind of reminds me of like uh, uh, the the fact that um, the Will Smith was uh, considered to play Neo in right. Matrix. But um, Will Smith turned that down. And and yeah, and that's the thing is that like it was a different situation because Will Smith turned it down. Um, and and obviously the Matrix, you know, became a legend right. of a film. Um, he and, and, it. and you and you can't imagine it with anyone other than Keanu Reeves yeah. in that role. Um, but it's like it's so fascinating to just like kind of think of like what what the Matrix would have been like if Will Smith 
Smith was in it instead. Yeah, um, and honestly, uh, Michael J. Fox it was perfect as Barney. McCoy. Exactly. So I, I would say, I would say, like, yeah, he he was perfect for that film for the whole series, really. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it you know, I, I'm I'm glad we have the the Back to the Future we have, but I am also very curious and may actually look up some of those deleted scenes. Here comes question number two. Bonus question number two. All right. It's a feudal battle. I, 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 I know. I know. I don't have a chance, but it's just going to be my my heroic last stand. Um, if if have has there been any other quiz so far where I've only gotten one right? I think there's been a quiz where you've gotten none right. Okay. I, I don't. I don't remember it. But okay. I think, I'm pretty okay. sure. I don't know. We 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 might have to we might have to like go back and 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 make Count sure that we yeah make sure we tally, yeah, yeah make sure we tally up and 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 uh, track this data. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Okay, here comes bonus question number two, also regarding Mr. Stoll's career. In this movie, Sarone, who's played by John Voight, performs a cricothyrotomy on Doctor Kale. In which film does Eric Stoltz play a character who has to perform an emergency medical procedure on an unconscious person? Oh, ooh, ooh. Again, I'm 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 not at all familiar with his filmography. Um, beyond Caprica, obviously. <laughs> um, hmm. This is a really, really famous, really famous, movie. really famous movie. I'll give you the year. It was 1994. 94. Mm-hmm. And if you want, I can give you another cast member. Okay, give me another cast member. Again, I'm not sure this will be enough to to take me over, but. I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to give you the, the name of the unconscious person, the cast member. Okay. Uma Thurman. Oh, fuck! Yes! Oh, that that was a saving grace, so <laughs> I feel like I should only take half credit for it. <laughs> it's a bonus. But, but Pulp Fiction. Correct! It's oh Pulp Fiction! Eric Stoltz played Lance, Vincent's drug dealer, and when uh, Vincent brings... Um, Mia Wallace, unconscious, he performs an emergency procedure by sticking her in the chest with an adrenaline shot to wake her up from her overdose, from her heroin overdose. Yeah, so that would be that would be a different that would be a different. Uh, it is a different procedure, but it is a yeah. it is an emergency medical. Yeah. Procedure. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thrilled because I was expecting it to be another trachea. What it? It was a cry. Cricothyrotomy. A cricothyrotomy. But it yeah. wasn't the same thing, no. Okay. But it just uh, but it's yeah, interesting yeah. that, you know, he's playing the unconscious person in this movie and yeah. he did yeah, something similar yeah. in No, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Great scene, that, by that the way. That was yeah, amazing scene. Um yeah. So uh but yeah, that was uh that was that was a tough one. Yeah, um, surprisingly I, rough. I did not think that the Anaconda would uh would constrict you like that. Yes, uh, same. Same. Now, this movie um, was fairly successful at the box office, and it spawned four sequels. Three of them direct to video, but the immediate was sequel <laughs> was a theatrical sequel, um, which is kind of crazy to me that it had any sequels at all. Did they? Did they maintain uh, any of the surviving original cast over no. the sequels? Okay, <laughs> no. Um, the two large snakes seen in the film were actually animatronic when they weren't CGI. 
There was a 40-foot, 5,000-pound queen and a 25-foot, 1,500-pound warrior. And that's another thing with about the movie that kind of bugs me. I don't know how you felt about it, but it wasn't just, like, one snake creating havoc. Like, there was one snake that was kind of green at the beginning and, and it terrorized him, and then they blow, like, hit, or, or J-Lo, like, you know, kills it. And then they arrive at this, like, I guess it's like a, an abandoned... Um, rubber factory or yeah. something like that, and then all of a sudden there's another snake there. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a thing too. Is like yeah, they they kind of wet they kind of it's it's like you can when you have like a film where like the main horror is is one specific type of beast. It's like you can either have it be like it's just the one beast, and the movie is about our our team of heroes battle with this like one Jaws. beast. Like Jaws, for mm-hmm. instance, or you could take the aliens route, which right. is to say that it is a like, lot of them, you know, um, yeah, or a bunch of them or stuff like that. Or and, and and you might have like a specific idea of like, oh, this is a family of them or, oh, this is just a, a part of the forest where just they they all in or this even, is their territory. Even Ghost in the Darkness, it kind of sets them up. It's like, well, they're a team. Yeah, exactly. Like they're yeah. in Ghost in the Darkness, there's like specificity to the fact that it's like, oh, it's these two lions mm-hmm. specifically. Right. Um, this doesn't, doesn't ever really give us that yeah. sense of like who they are. Right. I mean, they 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 mention briefly that like there are two snakes that guard the you know the entrance to the great wall thing right. or whatever that's apparently not part of the tribe. Except again, <laughs> apparently Jean Voigt is arbitrarily correct at the end of everything. Yeah. But like. It just, yeah, again, it's like, it's all so messy and muddled that, like, you just, you don't, you know, we, we we don't have, we don't feel a specific, like, relationship between our, our, our party of survivors and this specific threat and yeah it would have been nice like again if they actually went to the effort of like during that fleshing out of that legend Mm -hmm. like just say like oh yes the entrance is guarded by you know the warrior and the warrior's queen like if they even just gave us that that would have you know, again, they wouldn't have even had to mention it again. It would just be much more tangibly in the back of the audience's mind, like, oh, is this the warrior? Is this the queen? Right. And then, like, you know, then there's, like, a payoff. There's I a payoff when you see that. the second one. So, um... Because it's it's kind of because it, it as it is it kind of comes off as really ridiculous that not only are there two really large snakes ridiculously large snakes but also that both of them seem to be like genius level snakes they're like the basilisk in in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets yeah. level genius yeah yeah very <laughs> much so um, yeah so let's go into the first GSV segment this one is shot 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 shots. We're talking about the gratuitous violence in this movie. A lot of snake deaths in this movie. How many people are killed in the in the film? Oh boy! Not all by snake. Yeah, no, actually, uh, in in a way, like John Voight actually kind of takes, you know, he he, he does a fair bit of damage. And uh, in fact, I'm going to ask you how how many to name them in order. If you can give me how many, and then give me the order of the deaths, and say if it was death by snake or death by John Voight by Paul Cerrone. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually have to consult my IMDb just for the cast list. Um, I have it available here for you as well. Um, so in our 
list of casualties. So first we have uh, Dan- uh, Danny Trejo as a uh, nameless poacher mm-hmm. who uh, kills himself, but mm-hmm. he, he, he does so in order to not die by snakes. So okay. I guess you could kind of put that in the snakes camp. That's number one. Um, after that, we have, uh, we have uh, Mateo, who uh, is eaten, mm-hmm. who is at... Um, <laughs> Number two. Uh, after him, uh, uh, Gary is is at. Mm-hmm. Um, that's three. That's three. Um, then we have. Then we have uh, Denise, who is killed by John Voight. Correct. Four right there. Uh, then we have Warren, who is. Killed by Snake. Mm-hmm. Mr. Westridge. Mr. Westridge. And then finally, Paul Cerrone himself demises by... S- s- killed by Snake and subsequently regurgitated. Regurgitated. And alive just long enough to wink at J-Lo before dying. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, also, because this movie, you know, again, starts on a great kitschy note by doing the, like, scrolling text thing yeah but but the scrolling text is so bizarre because like because paragraph one is like you know there are these imposing anacondas who the local tribes worshipped Mm -hmm. and then the second paragraph is just very specifically sometimes they regurgitate what they eat and it only happens once and and yeah it's just like it's just like why did you why did we specifically have a paragraph just devoted to that little fact Mm -hmm. as opposed to like you know a a paragraph that's just like generally you know many people seek their fortune in the amazon unaware of the danger or something like that right like why do they specifically like sometimes they regurgitate things to eat them and kill them again and then it's only apparently just for the payoff of like the quick shot of john voight being immediately like vomited up in his entirety Mm -hmm. like just it just spouts him right out it's just like what what the hell are these snakes even made of that like it's able to just get them all out right that quick it right. just um i i don't even know is there any indication of whether that fact about them regurgitating people is based snakes on snakes do regurgitate now when they eat they don't regurgitate the victims like that though well they do it for example if, if well, yeah snake, exactly because they because they don't have like an they don't poop out, obviously, right? Or well, they do poop. Yeah, oh, they snakes do. Okay. poop. Mm-hmm. Okay, but for example, like if a snake eats an egg, it'll swallow the egg whole, crush it inside, and then regurgitate the shell and eat the rest of it. Okay, but it doesn't regurgitate like its victims whole like that. You know, That's nor so does weird. it really like kill like humans. I mean, there's like yeah. stories, I guess, of snakes killing humans and maybe constricting them, but. I don't think there's a verifiable case of, like, a snake, like, actually swallowing a human whole. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not sure. Um, also, I was very, again, it's just like, you know, uh, one one of the biggest challenges in your horror film that you face is, like, how do you introduce your monster? Right. Uh, and, and, like, what's the moment you decide to, like, reveal the monster versus, like, how long do you sort of have it linger in the shadows and, and wreak havoc off screen and whatnot? So I found it very bizarre that, like, 
they decided to have our actual introduction to seeing the snake on camera is to cut away from the boat and visit this, you know, jaguar that's just, like, chilling in the middle of the forest on mm-hmm. its own and then gets constricted and gets its yeah. eyeball popped out. It, because it's just, like... It's really weird. Yeah, it's but a very it could, weird Because it could, have been, it could have been introduced at Mateo's death. Yeah, exactly. And it could, would have been fine. Yeah. Um, or, or even if you want to have, like, a moment of, like the snake killing the jaguar, like, have the jaguar stalking the crew for a little bit, like, right. over a few scenes or right. something like that, and then be like, ooh, yeah, they're in danger. Oh, you thought they were in danger? You ain't seen nothing yet. But There's a snake. But no. But but also, I feel like, for example, going back to the opening narration, I do think that the it, it is campy, and it works on that level, because it's ridiculous. But as far as, like, storytelling is concerned, it's kind of useless to the movie. Yeah. I feel like, because the opening scene is is another, oh, what is that? And they don't show the snake ever in the opening scene, but you already kind of gave it away because you, you opened the movie yeah, by saying exactly. that there are snakes. So there's no mystery to what's stalking Danny Trejo. Yeah. When yeah. you, you could have just opened it there, and then it would have been a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, fair amount of violence in this what, one. What was your favorite snake kill? <laughs> uh, favorite is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Most um, memorable I, one. I will say I, I, was, um, I was very appreciative of... Uh, it's not so much the kill itself, but the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that after Gary gets eaten, that uh, we then get the shot of the snake underwater and we see the lump, ah. including the face in the snake's skin. Yeah, see, that that's was really campy. Uh, that was really kitschy, really <laughs> campy. I loved that. Um, the Jonathan Hyde's character um, falling off the rock mm-hmm, thing the and then getting snatched and immediately wrapped up that was hilarious mm-hmm. and i loved that um i'm pretty sure those the anacondas again i'm pretty sure that those kind of snakes especially when they're that big like they're known to move really fast in water because anacondas are swimmers yeah but i'm pretty sure they're not fast outside of water yeah because it's like because again it's like its whole body is you know is like muscle right. basically yeah. so like it, it's it's yeah it's it, it has to it has to move its own mass, and it, it's, yeah, I, I, I again, uh, look, I, I just learned to the, today that snakes poop, so obviously <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking claim to be, like, knowledgeable about this kind of shit, but, like, yeah. Any snake for, experts out there, tweet at us, GSB yeah, Pod on Twitter, let yeah. us know where we got it wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd love a really long incendiary <laughs> Twitter thread about how wrong we got snakes <laughs> in our discussion. Um, Anaconda thread. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah. Just like yeah, just considering the mass of the thing, because like you know, like the it's it's huge, it's yeah. a fucking huge snake. So like yeah, the, the idea that it would at all be able to whip itself out like that, it, it, yeah, it is asinine. Um, there was one scene. Um, now most of the time when the snake is out of the water, it's CGI, and as you said, horrible CGI. But um, but sometimes we do have like the animatronic snake. And there was one scene where you kind of see the animatronic snake just like thrashing about wildly, uncontrollably. And actually, that was because the actual animatronic shorted while they were filming that. And oh. so it started like thrashing wildly in the water and they kept it in the scene because it just looked pretty cool. And actually, I feel like I would have liked the snake to 
to obey those rules more. I understand that this is like a fantasy campy, you know, film, but I feel like it would have been more effective if it had yeah. if it had obeyed the rules a little more. Stayed in the water, um, yeah, and, and like give us like you know because I feel like a successful horror film, the true horror is always human, and then the monster horror is just there. Yeah. Um, as a, sort of like as an analogy for the human horror. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you had actually given us a, a nice human drama and maybe Paul Cerrone, that character could have been like really evil instead of over the top campy. And then have the snake just be behave like a snake. And yeah, if they're in the water, they're going to get killed by the snake. But give me a little more tension. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, it just... And, and again, it's it's like, you know, you, you, you need... You need, like, a certain specificity of threat. So, like, you, you got to think about, like, you know, like, what, what, are, what are the assets of the monster that you're trying to convey? And, like, you know, snakes are low to the ground. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they, they can be quiet. They, mm-hmm. you know, they're stealthy. Like, I, I, I was actually kind of shocked that we never, uh, other than Mateo's death at the beginning, like, we never actually have, like, an instance of, like, you know, the snake getting into somebody's quarters, right. like maybe one person's resting inside the ship and and the the, the person's asleep. So yeah. the snake is able to easily constrict them. Right. Like, no, instead, the snake is just loud and proud yeah. and 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 uh, <laughs> just, you know, busts on in, kicking in doors mm-hmm. like, what's up, guys? So, yeah, it, it really just. Yeah, and 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 that kills your you know your, your suspension, suspension to disbelief. And uh, you know, I, I think about the I think like the most successful um, creature horror film, or one of the most successful, is, is Jaws, obviously. Yeah, and I feel like that's a good example of this because for the most part, first of all, you know, it, Spielberg out of necessity he does a great job of of ratcheting up the suspense by showing us very little of the shark. Yeah. Um, then when he does show us the shark, yes. It's a gigantic shark. Yeah. But it still behaves like a shark. Yeah. And it, it, it isn't until that final leap onto the boat where we suddenly are like, okay, we're going to do things that sharks don't do in real life. But by that point, it's like the climax and the audience has come along for this whole ride. So you're open to suspending that disbelief. Well, when exactly. you start, if you started off with the, with the shark flying, then the whole movie would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" What's the thing? Yeah, it, it's like it's like yeah. The the movie earned that. Mm-hmm. It earned that that final climactic moment by by again, you know, delaying delaying the reveal and mm-hmm. and also like because you know even though in real life no shark would ever actually be that aggressive so like like you know i would say most of jaws is actually kind of unrealistic yeah but absolutely but like again it's credible enough and 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 you're sticking you're sticking to the assets that the shark has mm-hmm. the fact that it is stealthy and mm-hmm. the fact that like you don't know where it's gonna strike mm-hmm. so it's like it's it 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 capitalizes on the assets that your creature has mm-hmm. whereas like if the shark just you know in the first third of the movie just you know kicks in the window of a lifeguard station <laughs> and then s- doubles back around and pulls somebody out the door it's yeah. like what what the fuck is this so right. it's um, like those, those which sharks would be behave more like well the ones in deep blue sea or the meg like the, <laughs> exactly. you know, the, the, the animals like they don't act like animals at all they're just yeah. act like fucking like this anaconda just like a superpower 
being. Yeah, exactly. Another nice touch of gore that the film has is when uh, Paul Cerrone is throwing blood on Terry and Danny. Uh, The blood of monkeys, as he calls it, or we actually see him letting out the blood of the monkeys. He kills a lot of monkeys in this movie. He does, yeah. He's he's better at killing monkeys than killing anacondas, (laughs) by the way. Um, Now, that blood, uh, interesting enough, was actually made out of jelly and plum juice. Looks pretty convincing. Yeah. But now anybody who wants to make fake blood, just get yeah. some, some jelly and some plum juice. I, I tried to make fake blood uh, in college for a thing, and it did not go well. Uh-huh. Because I, I, was, I was told that you needed, um, you needed like, you know, the, the like, the red, it, it was like some, it was like some shade of, like, red that I got mm-hmm. and 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 it had to be like a mixture of corn syrup and peanut butter to give it thickness. Hmm. Um I knew about the corn syrup but not the peanut butter. That's Yeah, surprising. yeah, that that was a that was a tip um uh, that uh one of my uh one of my teachers had had uh, mentioned uh, just like in a separate class nice. just like talking about like how you make fake blood and and he was like, "Oh yeah, you got to got to you got to mix like corn syrup with peanut butter in order to like make it thick." Um it did not go well. Mm. It was it was very pale. It it looked it looked like Kool Aid when I when I smeared it on the walls of oh. the thing. So it didn't 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 pan out. So what are you gonna do? Let's go into our next segment. This is called Boob Tube. Yeah. This is a PG thirteen movie, so there's not any nudity, but there are no. a little bit of sexy time. There's a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, actually, like uh, Jennifer Lopez's first outfit in the very beginning is is actually fairly revealing. Um, yeah. Like we actually can see through that dress, and maybe that's partially just because, like, you know, it was it was, it was 97, like a night It was ninety seven, so you know, it wasn't as high definition back right, then. Right. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that nightgown was a little see through. Um, and uh, and yeah, there was a little, there was a that 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 little uh, almost 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 had some forest loving for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Gary, Gary and, and Denise. Denise. Um, and also, uh, we got Terry and Kale. They have some sort of connection. History, yeah, yeah. history there. Um, yeah, which I thought I thought they could have delayed that a little more too. I thought you know why yeah. they, they're just like so quick to start kissing. I'm like, give us a little more tension there. Well, also like it, it was interesting because like they there was well they because they put in a little bit of tension between them. It felt like, but there was never actually like any sort of clear explanation yeah. of it. Um, and, and especially because like Ice Cube's character Danny, Danny. has um has the line where he says, oh, you're making this a pleasure cruise, right. huh? Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't... But there's not actually a specific ex- explanation that they were in a relationship previously yeah. or anything like that, so it's just assumed, like, oh, Danny knows how to pick them. But, you then, know? but like, then the <laughs> scene the scene where they do explain it, where they're like, I missed you, they yeah. start kissing immediately. Exactly, yeah. So and there's, so like, like, no, oh, okay, no tension there. And then also, like, uh, what? So, yeah, yeah that, that was a little... And and also again because like Eric Stoltz's character is 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 considerably absent and that and mm-hmm. that's too bad considering like a he's pretty good and b like you know I think that if again if 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 the whole thing that throws a wrench into everybody's plans and disrupts the dynamic and puts everybody in peril is 
is uh, John Voight's character uh, entering. I'm going to forget his character's name because Paul again, Cerrone. Paul Cerrone. <laughs> again, I mean, his character makes so little sense that yeah. I can only say John Voight. It's I feel fine. like, um, but like, but like the fact, like, like, why are we not having more? more butting of heads between the two of them. Right. Like, why aren't we, you know, why aren't we getting, like, a new twist on the on the Black Lagoon machismo mm-hmm. head-butting dynamic? Another, like, another great cheesy big special effects movie from the same era-ish was Twister. And I feel like Twister is also a bad movie, but it does a better job of establishing these relationships. Like, Bill Pullman and Helen Hunt, like, kind of have, like, the same kind of, like dynamic that we're supposed to get from Terry and and Dr. Kale in this movie. Yeah. Except that because their dynamic is that they're divorcing, you know, they love each other, but they hate each other kind of thing. So it's more believable that that there's the sexual tension throughout the movie, but it, but it, the climax of it is where you finally like, you know, it's fruitful, you know? Yeah. And this one, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that, that feels like even though it is more the trope, I feel like, yeah, the two leads that survive to the end should be the ones with that tension. Yeah. And instead, instead, instead we get Terry and Danny, which is fine because I, I actually enjoy Ice Cube in this movie quite a bit. He's one yeah, of, I thought he actually, yeah, he was great. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I thought that his, uh, most of his stuff actually I thought was pretty good. Right. And, and in a way I thought actually he kind of was. Uh, he he kind of was like the most specific character yeah, he, throughout. He, he, I, the movie. I, I agree. He's kind of like the the one that the audience can like anchor onto. He's our safety net in the movie. A, a little bit, yeah. Because he, he says what we think. Well, yeah, because <laughs> because it's like because you know he he's trusted by uh, by uh, Jennifer Lopez's character um, and uh, and uh, but but also is a little hot headed. So I mm-hmm. think it's, it was like the right mix for like that tension of like how are we going to deal with the threat that John right. Voight presents and um and and yeah and he, and he ends up kicking considerable ass alongside jennifer lopez mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I i mean yeah i i agree i i i liked i liked both jennifer lopez and ice cube kind of being the ones who survived mm-hmm. closer to the end but it would have been nice to have had more eric stoltz mm-hmm. in general because again like he's you know he's he's meant to be the leader of the expedition mm-hmm. so like yeah, there's never, there's never, you know, there's never, there's never like a reckoning for Jennifer Lopez's character that right. like she's got to take over now, but also to wrestle author- to wrestle away authority from John Voight. I think and, that's one of the biggest yeah. drawbacks for me about the movie, and that's what I'm kind of getting into is Terry's character because Terry is our main female character, and for all intents and purposes, she is the lead of the movie. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. But she's surprisingly very one-dimensional. And even though she makes it to the end, I feel like Ice Cube is the one making all the heroic choices at the end. She's just screaming and running away at the end. There's never a moment, like a clear moment. Like the, the one time that she actually, I think, steps up to the plate and makes a decision or a sacrifice for the team is when she seduces John Voight. Yeah. But then that's weird because it's like, oh, well, so you're using your sex to get this, which is fine. You can do that. But but it's like the only time that she does it. And it's in that way specifically. Yeah, that that was a little puzzling, too. Mm -hmm. And 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 because also, like, I think, yeah, that I think, like, it it makes sense that 
well, no, it doesn't actually it make, doesn't sense. make sense. It, it's like it, it, it's like I mean, it, it makes sense that like they have to try to do something, right? But like it, it it's completely out of left field. Yeah, that tactic is so just... so much so that like. It, it makes no sense that John Voight even fell for it as much as he did. Like, I wish that she would have, like you said, like, found that moment within herself to where she's like, okay, I actually have to s- step up to the plate and be the leader of this. Yeah. And then have her go in there and actually try to have a conversation with the guy, try to reason with him. And then the ulterior motive is that she's distracting him while the guys try to do something. Exactly. That would have been more effective that. than trying to seduce him. That came out really clunky. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it has, yeah, that's the thing. Again, it's just like it's so messy. It's such mm-hmm. a messy movie, and it lacks it lacks cohesion. It lacks consistency. Things don't really ever logically f- like like their their situation rarely logically flows. Right. It never has like a sense of like logical ex- escalation. It's just kind of like here's another obstacle, and here's another obstacle, and John Voight's weird again. Like <laughs> it, so. Yeah, it just, it, yeah, it, it proves very frustrating. And it's not like J-Lo is, I mean, she's a good actress. I've yeah. enjoyed her in a lot of stuff. Like, she, even back then, this, it, you can't even say that it was, oh, well, that was one of her early roles. But she was great in Out of Sight, which was around the same time. She yeah. Was, uh, she started out amazing in Selena, her film debut. Like, that's powerhouse performance there. Yeah. And she's actually, you can tell that these are all pretty good actors yeah it's just that the story and the character development goes nowhere yeah um and Agreed. i and i agree with the same thing about uh denise who was played by carrie word she's the other female character and again it's nice to have a movie like this where it's not like creature of the black lagoon where you just have one female character yeah. who's like somewhat in the periphery you have two female characters who are both pretty competent yeah they're and they're both important members of the team mm-hmm. um i was a little puzzled that um I was a little puzzled that we didn't have more leadership from Denise, considering she's the production manager. Right. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like, again, there there's, like, potential for, like, a kind of a, a question of, like, the butting of heads yeah. between her and Jennifer Lopez a little bit. Because, yeah. again, Jennifer Lopez is the director. Right. Um you know, Denise is the is the production manager. Um, originally, Eric Stoltz seems to be the person who kind of, seems to be taking on the primary leadership role for the project right. because he's the one who hired Jennifer Lopez yeah. and her team. So like so so yeah, I think it's like again, we we you know, there's potential there to, you know, to lean in a little more to the specificity. I agree that they did a good job of establishing the specificity, but like we we lose that when the problems start popping mm-hmm. up and they don't really ever they don't really ever leverage any of that into using that to kind of propel the conflicts and 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 draw them out and and make for interesting yeah. parks. So Yeah. So even so, yeah. Even though we have uh, two prominent female roles, they're still underbaked. Yeah, but everyone else is underbaked. It's not just the women. Yeah, pretty much, um, <laughs> with with the exception of John Voight, who Let's is. Let's go into the next segment. This segment's called. Uh, that's problematic. And and I think John Voight basically gets the whole yeah. segment because I can't think of much else in the movie that that raises that many eyebrows for me. Another, um, I, here's a, a question that I want to pose before we talk about this more in depth. The movie, again, it's directed by Luis Losa. He's a Peruvian-American director. And the cast is pretty surprisingly diverse. Yeah. 
And and I'm, let me preface this by saying that John Voight's performance in this version of this movie is pretty deliciously bonkers. Like, if you're going to enjoy this for being so bad it's good, that's part of the package. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> having said that, why would you cast John Voight to play a par- Paraguayan gentleman? It's not just like whitewashing, but I feel like it's like pretty egregious given like the diversity of the rest of the movie. Yeah. 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 It's really puzzling. It's it is it is it is so distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is absurdly distracting. Yeah. Um Yeah. It, it, I, I And John Foyt's a great actor. I'm not like it's not a knock against him, and he does, I guess, you know, have a fun playing the role. But I But it's just so I, 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 can't, I can't imagine, like, why couldn't you have uh, a Latinx character playing that role just as deliciously over the top? Yeah, it, yeah, it really, yeah, it just, I, 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 it, it is a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It really is a puzzle to me. Just like, it, it, it just, it strains, it strains credibility so much because like, you know, he, he really leans into that fucking accent and, and it's and, so bad. And, and, the accent's and, horrible. Yeah. But, and he, and he goes all out with it. And, and like, again, he's got this, like this, this really weird, like sort of sneer. Yeah. Like thing where his mouth is just like curved down in this way that was really suggestive of like, you know, just like really bad racial stereotyping. And like right. it just, it just so, it, yeah. It, it's really puzzling. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really puzzling. And 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 especially because I think like to to have that character, I think like if you want John Voight in the movie, like there's room for like the idea that like this poacher maybe isn't even South American, you know? Yeah, like, why not? Like, why not just have him actually be an like, American? A, yeah, a fucking American who's who's in town. And yeah, Americans fuck like love to fuck up shit all the time. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like like again, it kind of reminds me of the Michael Douglas role in The Ghost right. and, and the Darkness. Yeah, it's kind of wedged like, in there. It, it's 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 very much wedged in there. And 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 I think again, like the the Michael Douglas character in The Ghost and the Darkness makes a lot more sense yeah. in that movie yeah. than this. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's so weird. It it's so weird. Mind. And 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 yeah, just like the the way he really seems to kind of lean into this, you know, this very kind of you know, again, like broad Latinx stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it leaves a really sour taste in your mouth. Like, again, it's, it's fun to watch. Right. And, and for this version of this movie. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just like knowing how bad the movie is, yeah. it's fun to watch. Right. Um, <laughs> Just like, but like, and and there's so many great moments, like like just that one scene where like Jennifer Lopez notices him just like leering at her, yeah. um, and and also again, it's just he does like that a lot. It, 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 and 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 it mixes with and it mixes with the with just how blatantly untrustworthy his character is yeah. when he first arrives on the scene. There's so, no question that he's not evil. From yeah, the beginning. yeah. Like he just again, he it, like his sole motivation, like before it's clear, like his sole motivation seems to be to behave shadily, right? And um, it just 
yeah, it's so puzzling. And and it would have been and and so it's like that that combination of just like it's so clear he's not trustworthy and everyone is trusting him. And also he is obviously so clearly not Paraguayan, not South American. And and right. and it just it it yeah, it completely completely <laughs> distracts you. And 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 really you know, obviously, yeah. There's a, there's suspension of disbelief, a plenty to be had, but like in a way, this almost the, the the level of suspension of disbelief of around his character almost rivals that of the snake. In yeah. a way, like it's just so absurd. I mean, the movie Anaconda is is bad fake snake and bad fake Paraguayan accent by John Voight. That's basically what the movie yeah. is. Everyone else is kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's not even like one of those like villain roles that that go anywhere, like in terms of he like you said, like that his only motivation is to be shady, to hunt this snake. We never get any any real backstory, like why he's there hunting snakes. Yeah. We never get any reason like why it matters so much to him. Yeah. Also, it's it's weird that they seem to, you know, they 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 kind of draw this connection between him and and uh, Mateo and, yeah, and the Danny picture Trejo's together. character, like they have the picture together, and and you oh, have, never reconcile with that. Yeah, exactly, and and it's like it's interesting because again, it's like you know they they have potential because like in the beginning of the movie, again, the beginning of the movie I think is actually pretty strong mm-hmm. because like you know when his character gets on the boat, like you see those knowing glances between him and Mateo, right, right. so like you know something's up, but like we never get we never really get like the full explanation it, it seems to be like hinted at at some point that like Matteo was in on it yeah. with him and, and Matteo like, suggested and, the route and, actually and, at the and, beginning and, and, and you know, and, and made the point of getting John Voight onto the boat. Right. But again, the plan makes no sense because also Matteo specifically is like, we shouldn't take the, he's like, we need to take this specific route, but then, was also the beginning, like, we shouldn't take this other shortcut route. Mm-hmm. And then John Voight's character's purpose is to be like, yo, we got to take the shortcut right, route. So, right. um, and also when Mateo meets his demise, like, John Voight just accepts it immediately. And he's like, no, we're not going to go back for him. And, and it's like, okay, so that relationship meant nothing. Yeah, especially considering, again, he, you know, obviously is trying to get the rest of the people on the boat on his side. So like Mateo is going to be your best asset to, you know, right. make sure that somebody trustworthy has your back. Right. If you're going to try to get everybody else trapped on the scheme to just get the snake. So, yeah, I don't find it believable that he never seems to fear the snake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I fe- I considering fear- how bad he is at fucking trapping it and killing right. it, like I fear, I feel like if I had seen like a hint of desperation in his character or fear in his character, it would have gone a long way um, to sell it to me. But he just like at, the whole time he just acts like as a character, he acts like it's a given that he's just going to capture this snake. And there's no like whenever the snake shows up, even when he's being killed, even when he's regurgitated, he does he just winks at J Lo. There's never like a moment where he's like screaming or afraid of for his life. Yeah. And that seems like pretty unrealistic to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's confusing. It's puzzling. Um We're wrapping up our discussion. Um I wanted to say though, one of the ways that I think that I would fix this movie, another way that I would fix yeah. it for the characters to work. Um I know that 
we love Eric Stoltz and um, Jonathan Hyde for, for different reasons, but I, I actually feel like that character could have been the same character. I feel like the, the expert could have been the person who they're filming. And then you, know, you can cut down on the extra asshole. And then that would have probably accentuated it more when John Voight comes in and is the big asshole. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting one. Because, like, uh, John Hyde's, yeah, Jonathan Hyde's character, he, he, he went through, again, like, I found his character frustrating just considering he seems to be this expert but is also clearly content to yeah. last, you know, just shoot golf balls into the river. Um... So, so I, and also just like kind of how demeaning he was to to Danny, right? Um, and and so it's it's like we we go back and forth on in terms of like what an asshole he is because like you know he he does actually kind of step up to the plate, um, in a considerable way when the team has to work yeah. together to to uh, to take down because John Voight. He's out assholed by John Voight. Well, because he's out assholed by John Voight, but and and also because like I, I I liked that like at the beginning he seems to be like completely feckless and incompetent and, right. and panicky and stuff like that. But he actually has skills. And, but, yeah. but 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 yeah, and I appreciated that like he then does kind of step up to the plate a little bit. But like it's such an abrupt shift that like. We, we don't we don't see a change in his character. We just kind of get those moments. And and I again like he's a really good actor. So like I I chalk that up more to like writing and directing than to like you know the choices he made. Mm-hmm. That like you know the script just called for him to arbitrarily go from being panicky and useless to being a pretty critical part of the few survivors that are left. So it just like. I think there was a lot of potential there. Um, there was, yeah. That 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 idea about condensing him into Eric Stoltz's character is an interesting one because again, Eric Stoltz's character is pretty absent for mm-hmm. the movie. So, um, you know, and 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 the the romance connection between him and Jennifer Lopez is, you know, is 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 lacking as well. So yeah. it, it could have been. It, I think, yeah, condensing them might have been an interesting choice, and mm-hmm. and taking away the the romantic pairing, um, yeah. Could have could have actually been a good approach. Were so. you surprised, or, or maybe not surprised, like shock surprised, but like pleasantly surprised that there wasn't a lot of problematic things with Danny's character, or did you find anything problematic with Danny? I didn't really. I did. I thought that Ice Cube, like again, he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I was um, you know, I I was I was kind of expecting the uh, the, the the trope of you know minority character dying first. They kind of do kind of set it up like that. Yeah. They they do. Um. And so I and in a I, way they do because Danny Trejo is a minority character. This is true. This is actually <laughs> true. And and so I, I do apologize for that Danny Trejo erasure. Um. That said, uh, yeah, I was expecting Ice Cube's character to not last that long and um so I, I i was appreciative that that he stuck around as long as he did um yeah i i don't i i think there was uh, the one thing i would say and 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 the scene again it was him butting heads with jonathan hyde's character mm-hmm. over the volume of the radio mm-hmm. which kind of called me back to Do the right uh, thing well to that as well as uh, again uh, to, to list another horror film, um, the movie The Thing, where ah. there's like you know, uh, uh, I, I think it was a, a white character butting heads with with uh, with an African American character over uh, 
sorry, uh, a white character uh, butting, butting heads with a black character over the volume of their radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that seems to be a common. Th- trope. That's that's a trope. That's a trope that I'm actually starting to I think black notice. people like loud music. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that that does that does kind of that lean, is problematic. Yeah. That 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 does lean into a, a a somewhat problematic stereotype about you know about black loudness yeah. and and um, and and this idea that 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 black people should know their place and right. not be so loud so um so i do think that 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 scene kind of you know made my blood boil a little bit and again it's it 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 really for me you know mostly just made me really angry with jonathan hyde's character right. um uh, only to then come around on him the more useful he proves right and, to and, me, and i so. guess i guess you can kind of say well yeah it's the it's the character having the problem not the movie having a problem with the character which is exactly a, yeah a I, I think it, yeah but but again like yeah so i i think it, it it's a little fraught in the fact that we're seeing that we're seeing that that theme right. recur pretty commonly through multiple movies that we've watched yeah is something uh, to look out for yeah i think that's uh, that's a great point that is pretty problematic yeah all right so we've, we're coming to the end of our anaconda discussion final thoughts what do you think ned is anaconda a bad movie or is it a so bad it's good movie because we all know there's no other levels to this <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, one, and, and you know, I, it's weird because I, I think um, the the movie's promise in the beginning, in a way, I think just as far as like how rich some of that. I would love is, to see a straight version of this movie like, personally. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm gonna call this one bad verging on so so. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm not even sure I'd say like so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more like it's it's really messy. Um, it, it, it lacks a ton of specificity. Um, it's it's operating on a on just a you know a weird skewed plane of logic. Yeah. Um, I think there is potential in it, so so that's why I say verging on so so. Mm-hmm. Um, that because I think that there there is some potential there. Um, I think it you know it sidesteps it sidesteps some common fallbacks that 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 many horror survival movies have. Um, it, which which I think gave it some promise, uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, just again, puzzling snake physics yeah. and puzzling John Voight physics, like just <laughs> all all lead to it just being the John Voightness of it all is just uh, yeah, it's a strange one. It's a really <laughs> really strange one. Um, so, I agree, it's a bad movie. Um, it's an enjoyable movie for me. I I I mean, it's it is it's just there. As we were watching it, we were laughing out loud at a lot of it. Yep. So it is a lot of fun to watch for that reason. Um, I would love to see a straight version of this movie. In fact, uh, earlier this year in January 2020, Sony Pictures announced a reboot is in development. Who knows if that's going to go anywhere? But I hope that if they do, that they try to do something that's a little more straight and actually horror-based. Yeah. That would be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, I think, you know, improvements in uh, visual technology would help. Who 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 knows how they're gonna what 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 manner of beast this the the new anaconda will be? But right. uh, you know, I wish them the best of luck. Nicki Minaj as the anaconda. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? All right. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of another exciting episode of GSV. Thank you for watching Anaconda with me, Ned. Happy to do it. I hope that y'all out there join us next time for another exciting horror or. Maybe not horror, but schlocky masterpiece. Gratuitously sexy, gratuitously violent. Until then, 
stay out of the water. Or go into the water. Snakes won't do that to you. But, but the catfish, though. That's catfish, yeah. Okay. Avoid the catfish. You know what? Just watch some movies instead. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Just you guys always bring the very best part.